Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey everybody, welcome to Marriage of Martinis. I'm Adam, here's Danielle. Hello. So this one kind of hits close to home, right? <laughs> Don't all <laughs> Between, our episodes I mean, no, home? but for real. For like, right now, yes. I guess for right now, but all in all, between me and the kids and you, what do you think? I'll I'll go there in a little bit. Oh, really? Sure. <laughs> I'm excited. I, th- I think for all of us... We have not discussed ADHD and Danielle, right? Mm-hmm. Ever. She, you've got all the other ones, all the other three letters and four all letters. All the numbers yeah. and letters. And yeah, <laughs> right. uh, uh-huh. I have it all. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, this is yeah, this is um, kind of topical right now <laughs> for us. <laughs> yes. And in our finance episode, I talked about, I was like, look, if cursing is usually at a, you know, Six for me, seven for me. It's going to be off the charts. This one, I want to say that with crying. Like, I don't know if I'm going to get through this episode without crying. Really? Yeah. You feel bad for me? (laughs) (laughs) I feel bad for us right now. Uh, Yeah, it's, this has been, I, I, I never knew that ADHD was such, could be such a devastating thing like I just I I never really got it before and Mm -hmm. um unfortunately now I totally totally get it yeah and I'm finding out way more that listen it's it's hard for the person who's suffering with you know on whatever level of ADHD that they have but because of society where we're supposed to fit in how we're supposed to act how people treat us like that's the more devastating thing than actually having the ADHD yourself. Yeah, and we could say that about any condition. Yeah. Because I just think I that mean, maybe not. I think this may be more, like, I think OCD, maybe, like, you're you're feeling more, you, I don't know, you'll, you'll say this better than me, but you're suffering more internally than your outside influences possibly versus ADHD where you think you're fine and you're just acting the way you're supposed to act and your outside influences are kind of telling you no stop this Mm, is not the way it's supposed to be Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. well i think just like everything we've discussed you know we've talked about there have been so many things that have affected our lives and and part of me says that people must be like holy shit like you guys are so fucked up like you have it all and your kids have it all (laughs) and but i also think that we we're very proactive people who i think to our credit, 
we don't let anything, well, we try not to let anything slip by. And, and we did for a long time. We let a lot of things slide for a long time just because we were in our own little, you know, world with our blinders on. But I do think that especially in the past couple of years, we have started to actively work on anything in our lives that we realize needs to be worked on. And, and I'm not saying that, look, I'm sure there are other people who they just, they, you know, they don't have these issues and everything. But, but I know also that everybody has something. Mm-hmm. I, I do know that everybody's fighting a battle. But I think that something to our credit that can be said is that when there's something wrong with us in our marriage, in our lives, that we feel like maybe we're not doing a great job or our kids are struggling, we are now 110% in it. Um, and, and I think that that might be one of the reasons why it, it might sometimes seem like we have so many things. And I think that we have so many things because we're constantly working on ourselves and we want our kids to be constantly working on ourselves. So, you know, on the one hand, I think our kids' issues and our issues are maybe like protrude a little bit more. They're more obvious. But I also think that's because we are so, I think we're all kind of self-aware in a sense. Like we've we've conditioned ourselves to be self-aware and we're, we're trying to face things head on. Right. Or we're just so fucked up. That too. We have to like, that too. we got to do something about this or else what are we going to do? You know? Yeah. Well, I think, you know, as I, I'm going to misquote her, but as Glennon Doyle says in. Oh, she uh, made a comeback. She's always making a comeback. Well, we haven't spoken about her in a long time. Right, so I'm right, just saying. Right. Uh, you know, and, and I, I do think, you know, she says in Untamed, like about her daughter being, you know, so, you know, she is so emotional and everything that she says, like, you are, you know, a very feeling person in a messy world. I think we are very emotional feeling people. I think that we interact with the world on a level where we are very engaged. And um, so it, it can make it more complex in some ways. You know, I'm, I will never be, nor have I ever been like a, an every person for themselves kind of person. I think that maybe sometimes it's like I'm an empath and I take on the feelings of so many other people, especially when it's somebody close to you. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, so I think that there is stuff to be said for the fact that yes, we probably are fighting many battles at one time that seem like what the fuck is going on with them? But I also think that we ignore none of those battles now. So we are just kind of like, you know, running into battle, like ready to figure it out. All right. But as we keep going here, do you have a definition? Like what is ADHD? Well, Can you a, explain it? It's before? attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. Which means what? Well, the, okay. So here's the thing. And I'm, I'm I, I, I have, feel like I'm I, talking a lot because no, I, no, no, it's okay. Like I did my research and I came up with like a, a showing, you know, symptoms of and like how yeah. it show, like all that kind of stuff. But I didn't get the definition. I didn't look that up. So I just I was wondering if you had that. Okay, well, just like anything else. So for the past, I would say, year of our lives, certain uh, we've always de- dealt with mental health. You know, I had I talk about postpartum. I talk about OCD. Um, 
our own marriage and struggles that we've had and everything. We talk about a lot of things. In the last year, this whole neurodiversity, which I know mental health can fall under that category, but Mia with her autism diagnosis and her recent ADHD diagnosis and now with Ian and his ADHD manifesting in a way that like is so different than what I've always expected it to be. I think that we have these terms, attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, autism spectrum disorder, mental health disorders and everything. And I think that we put these very blanket names and labels on things that have so many nuances Mm -hmm. and so many different components that we're, it's not doing it anything justice because what we are expected to think about these quote-unquote disorders or conditions makes they they don't they don't wrap up so nicely in this tight little package with a bow right they're all kind of overlapping and they all sort of touch on each other and 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 so it's very hard to explain any of these things without you know it being a 15 long word Right. Right. Yeah. Well, there's spectrums of everything, right? Spectrums. Where are you on the spectrum of autism? Where are you on the spectrum of ADHD? Where you, and they probably overlap in certain areas and who knows what you have. Like, so what you're saying makes sense, right? So there's no real one definition. This is what ADHD is. Well, so ADHD right now can have three different, uh, look, the research is so fast and it's always changing and it's always um, evolving, but there's there's basically three types of ADHD. There's inattention oh, or right. in, inattentive ADHD, which means a person may have difficulty staying on task, sustaining focus. This is what I have. Well, this is just <laughs> the this is just what it is. Okay. Uh, and staying organized. These problems are not due to defiance uh, or a lack of comprehension. They are. It is literally a brain disorder, right? Your brain is always fighting against what you're supposed to be doing. Hyperactivity, which is sort of what I have always in my life thought of ADHD as being, or ADD when we were growing up, mm-hmm. um, means a person may seem to move about constantly, including situations that are not appropriate or excessively fidgets, taps, or talks. In adults, hyperactivity means extreme restlessness or talking too much. There's all kinds of things. <clears throat> and the third one, which is the one that we have been... Um, with Ian recently experiencing is the impulsivity. So it means a person may act without thinking or have difficulty with self-control. Impulsivity could also include a desire for immediate rewards or the inability to delay gratification. An impulsive person may interrupt others and make important decisions without considering long-term consequences. That's the important part right there. Like acting without thinking about or dismissing the consequences. You don't think about what you're doing. You don't, you know, you don't stop to think to yourself, should I do this or not? And you don't think why, Mm -hmm. what are the consequences of this thing that I'm about to do? That's kind of one of the biggest things that I think also for me, which we'll get into a little bit is one of my biggest attributes of having ADHD is you act without thinking. Like, what's going to be the end result of this thing? Mm-hmm. And I think that passes on to Well, it's Ian not really too. an attribute. It's a characteristic. Okay. Yeah. You're better with the words. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I just... But, but so basically with impulsivity, people might answer questions before they are fully asked, finish other people's sentences, or speak without waiting for a turn in their conversation. 
They have difficulty waiting their turn, interrupt or intrude on others, for example, in conversations, games, and activities. Um, and there's also the component, which this does not mention, which are the fixations on things, right? There's this hyperfixation, which is also a trait of autism, which is basically where, when you become hyper-focused on something and, um, and so you are you don't stop either talking about it or thinking about it or, or going after it mm -hmm. or, um, and so all of these <laughs> Does this things, sound familiar at all? all of these things become an annoyance to other people who are around you. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> mm -hmm. How many of those things can we talk through together that, that yeah. just kind of makes sense. And, and I, I also want to say, obviously, we always say we're not experts. I do have some really fantastic experts who are coming on in a few weeks. Um, so, you know, we will definitely be talking with people who we're giving our firsthand experience. And, and it has been <laughs> it has been all consuming to the point where I think you and I walk around sometimes feeling like shells of human beings mm -hmm. because all of our energy, all of our. Uh, focus is sucked into this trying to make it better, trying to figure yeah. it out, you know, and, and, and so that's really where we've been in the past, you know, yeah. couple months. Also, before we get into like our experience with ADHD and everything with that, I also wanted to touch upon here. I just saw this interview um, and I don't know much about him. I, I, I don't know much more than just seeing this interview. His name is Richard Reeves. Have you heard of him? Mm -mm. Okay. So he's an author. He wrote a book called Of Boys and Men, Why the Modern Male is Struggling, Why It Matters, and What to Do About It. Okay. It's not about ADHD. It's not about mental illness. It's not about, you know, any of that kind of stuff. But I thought it related to this a little bit. Um, but what he says is here in quote, I do think it's pretty clear now that in the education system and in terms of many aspects of mental health, boys are really struggling. That isn't to say that girls aren't struggling also, but in different ways. And certainly in terms of the education system, girls and young women have just blown right past boys and men. There's actually a bigger gender gap in education today than there was 50 years ago. Our current education system rewards sitting still, getting your homework in, paying attention, looking to the future, etc. Those are all just skills that girls have on average in greater abundance than boys, right? So our what he's saying is our education system is not geared towards young boys in the way that... So do they have ADHD or are they just boys? And they're not meant to be sitting still for 45 minutes six times a day with a two minute break in between. Yeah. They're meant to run around. They're meant to be active, not for everybody, but in general, generally speaking, he also says, he goes on to say one in four boys in the U S have gone on to be diagnosed with a de developmental disability. He says, I suggest this might be less about the boys and more about the system that we're trying to force them through. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. like, <laughs> do they have ADHD or are they just boys? Well, that, you know, yeah, like boys and girls both met. I know girls, you know, he was saying too have issues too. They have ADHD, but we're going to get to this with one of your questions later. The difference is, but from an early setting and an early stage, which is why so many more boys are initially diagnosed with ADHD than girls. And why now what he's saying is how boys are not going through the system as well as girls are because it's not set up for us. Well, 
there are a few things to say about that. The mm-hmm. first thing to say is that, yes, um, boys are three times more likely to receive an ADHD diagnosis than girls. But, you know, there's 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 a lot to unpack. Oh, oh, yeah. A lot to unpack totally. there. We'll get to that. A mom had recently, you know, I've been asking uh, on social media and everything for people's stories about ADHD. And I've been reaching out for help for people who've gone through it and everything. And, you know, a, a bunch of moms did reach out to me and and a few of them said the same thing. They said, you know, one thing about my son, he's extremely energetic. You know, he's ADHD. And his punishment at school for acting out is no recess, which is completely, <laughs> right. you know, when you break it down and think about it, is completely counterintuitive. But, you know, you also think to yourself, like, okay, w- well, what? They're not, they can't take away lunch. They can't take away. So, you know, the, the problem is also is that, we're not the teachers in schools don't have the tools and the, you know, the guidance of how to deal with all of this. Correct. I no, I agree. And it's not the teacher's fault in oh, any way. No. Absolutely. Anybody who knows me especially knows I am I worship yeah. teachers. But the punishment shouldn't be no recess. It should be more recess. Let them expel that energy. Let them get at what they're trying to do. Let them be boys or kids or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and then be able to, you know, people can say, you know, well, back in the day, you know, boys were always boys. And back in the day, that didn't happen. And you, you were told to sit and you sit, you know, come on. Like, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know if it's that simple. Yeah. You know. But, but also, I, I want to say that I think that a lot of it is that, the, not that the girls don't have these same issues. It's that we are taught from such a young age and gener- generationally and everything to suppress all of that, right? We're supposed to sort of, you know, act a certain way and not be so noticeable mm-hmm. and not be um, so, you know, forthcoming with our actions. And, yeah, and we kind of when? are supposed to be smaller. And When was that? That's not today. Sure. Really? Absolutely. There's That's why so many girls now mask in order to fit in because I mean, that girls sounds are su- like such a 1950s but way of... But it's not because you just said it yourself. Like girls are supposed, you know, they're, they're thought to be that they, they can hand in their homework better. They can sit still better. They can do all of these things better. Well, if you're surrounded by, you know... 98% of your gender is able to do all of this and you fit into this tiny little margin of, well, I can't do that, then you are going to force yourself to, in order to conform to mm-hmm. those other standards. I think it was, he was generally speaking when he was yeah, saying- Yeah, yeah, I get and it. I, and I kind of agree with it. Like I'm not saying, you know, I get it. there's cases, I understand. Yes. Right. But- do you want to get into the difference between girls and boys or wait for that or because we're kind of there? Okay, well, I, I wanted to first talk. It, it, it sort of gets into that, but I want to sort of first talk about our, my first encounter with ADHD with Ian. So when I met you and everything, I know you had always said you had ADHD, right? And it's always been this term that we hear that, you know, and, and for me, while I never knew anything about it, I was always just sort of like, oh, yeah, people are hyperactive or they forget their homework or they need extra time on tests. Or, you know, there were, was a very narrow understanding of what it is. And so when Ian was in elementary school, our middle son, who's now 14, um, was in elementary school, he always, look, he's been drumming on everything that was near him or next to him since he was born. He he always had this energy that needed to be released in some way. 
<laughs> I'm just picturing him at the hibachi place. Yeah, like with, with the chopsticks, chopsticks, chopsticks spoons, up, like, anything he could find, he would drop. Wherever us. we were, can I have? Can you ask the waitress for spoons? Can you ask the waiter for forks mm-hmm. or straws so I can drum yep. on the seat? Yep. You know. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. But when he was in elementary school, I, I've, I've been very close with a lot of our kids' teachers, right? Just because, again, I, I was a teacher. I connect with teachers. I just, I think they're fabulous. So I was close enough with some of his teachers that, you know, they can't outright say your child needs an ADHD diagnosis. They're, they can't do that legally. But there were a lot of conversations and everything that happened that I, I could, I could, um, surmise that that was sort of what they were saying, right? That he should maybe go and get evaluated. So I did that. Um, And this was before I really knew anything specific about ADHD. I just knew it was a hyperactivity disorder. So I took him, someone recommended a quote unquote specialist. I took him, I think it was a three hour evaluation, um, which I now know is not nearly enough time to, you know, evaluate somebody fully. But at the end, she was like, oh, yeah, you know, he has it. And she wrote up her report and everything. And so I scheduled a meeting at his elementary school um, with the administrators and I guess what, what is like the child study team or, or, you know, I'm not, I can't even remember. He, I think he was eight. So um, we, I walk into the meeting. Were you there? Do you remember being there? When he was eight? No, yeah. I, I may have been. I can't remember if I you were there. I don't remember anything from... Right. So I walk in and basically, you know, I had been in touch with them for a while. And what it came down to was that they were going to, uh, they were going to, um, what's, why I'm having such a brain fog. They were going to uh, observe him okay. in class and everything. So what wound up happening was they did, they observed him in one period of one day. Yes. Right. I do remember okay. This. okay. So they observed him in one period. Now, the thing about Ian is that he's never been a behavior issue. Um, you know, he's never been sent to the principal. His grades have always been good. He, in many ways, you know, he's he wasn't disrupting anything in the school system. He was just energetic and maybe a little louder than the other kids. But also, when you're in elementary school, everybody's loud. Everybody's mm-hmm. hyper to some degree, right? You you can fit in so much more, um, you know, in, inconspicuously. So when I got into the meeting, they were basically like, yeah, we observed him for a period and we don't see any reason for him to have <laughs> Right, any. he acted like he was eight. Yeah, we don't <laughs> see <know>? any reason. <laughs> and, and, you know, and this was before I knew anything about advocates. This was before I had really done any crazy research this was before I was really tough enough which I think I am now that I would have pushed back but um basically his form of ADHD which I did not realize at the time is not covered under any of these labels right he doesn't need you know to 
maybe he needs to be in the front row. That would help him. I think that would help a lot of kids. Um, but, but he's not a behavior issue. So he was sort of, it was sort of tossed to the side, like, mm, you know, yeah, we don't see it. So that was done and I moved on and I was just sort of like, you know, he's still, he has friends. He, he is, um, you know, a good kid. He, None, nothing stood out while he was in elementary school otherwise. I just kind of let it go and I was sort of like, oh, okay, I just got this evaluation and everything, but nothing happened. Mm-hmm. And I think that happens a lot to people because... What, you put your trust in what they tell you? You think you're talking to the experts, right? I don't know that I put my trust in it. I think I w- there was part of me that was sort of like, this is sort of half-assed, mm-hmm. but yet... Well, and maybe looking back, you're thinking that now, not so much at the time because we were young, naive, didn't know anything about anything. Right. And just kind of putting our trust in the system. Yeah, I think I was annoyed that it wasn't more of, you know, that it wasn't more comprehensive. But again, I I didn't know. And Mm -hmm. I didn't know about advocates and I didn't know about all of these resources that I now understand. But he has sort of dodged the system. There's not really um, a plan for him because he doesn't Mm -hmm. meet the criteria of, you know, what we all, I think so, I don't want to say all, but so many of us think ADHD looks like. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what I was saying. There's, there's spectrums of everything. This is one of them. Mm-hmm. And he's somewhere on the side, up high on the spectrum, right? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. th- th- it's different for everybody and everybody needs a different, I don't know. But there is set of accommodations. There is, right. there yeah. is none for him. Right. So we should take a break. I'm going to stick in a break before because we're too late for a break. Oh, so okay. just keep going, okay. and I'll stick it in somewhere before. Okay. <laughs> so what do you, what do you uh, where do you want to go from here? I just wanted to throw that in that that so basically from then until I would say you know so he was what in third or fourth grade then until middle school it was just kind of in the back of my mind that mm-hmm. he had this but it wasn't really affecting us in any way it wasn't affecting him in any way and so I just kind of forgot about it mm-hmm. not forgot about it I I didn't right. act on it. All right, well, kind of getting back to what you said before, let's go back to the girls and boys with ADHD where you asked me why Why do you think Ian was diagnosed at eight and Mia was at 15? <clears throat> well, research, I did some research. Mm-hmm. <laughs> research has shown that boys with ADHD usually show externalized symptoms such as hyperactivity and impulsivity where girls with ADHD, on the other hand, typically show an internalized system. sorry, like self-esteem issues, inattentiveness, or a tendency to daydream, you know, or even like verbal aggressions, or you can see it more in boys. It's noticeable. People can say, hey, this kid's a problem when they're talking about boys, right? So it's easier to tell with boys at an early age, where with girls, it's maybe, is she depressed? Does she have anxiety? Maybe, Maybe both, maybe, you know, it's a different situation where the ADHD comes out in girls that way. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's true for our kids too. I mean, you know, looking at me at eight, she didn't have the same issues Ian had. Right. So we couldn't look at her and say, Oh my God, ADHD. We didn't know that till she was 15, 14. I never would have guessed ADHD for right. her ever. And these are symptoms for girls with ADHD, girls with ADHD. Mm-hmm. You know, so we had no idea. Nobody knew. We didn't have her evaluated for ADHD because we didn't think it was more about you need to be focused. What's the matter with you? You know, like why we were more 
questioning, you know, what's going on, what's happening, why are you doing these things, why are you... So, you know, she reached the teenage years and she was becoming, you know, aggressive like any teenage girl does to her parents, right? But... Not aggressive. Defiant. Aggressive. Right. You know, right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, but it was more about, hey, it got to a point, let's, let's get this checked out. And it turns out, yeah, these are the symptoms of girls with ADHD. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why the separation happened of early versus later for boys versus girls. Mm-hmm. It was very you know, textbook yeah. in our, you know, family situation. And just like autism and just like so many other things, all the research starts with boys, right? For years, they when they research something, they research it in boys. Well, I think years ago, yes. I think now, like I just said, because it's more noticeable, something like this. Mm-hmm. You know, you can see this in boys. You can't see it in girls. Yeah. You get a feeling that something's off with the girls because of the way they're behaving, but they're not outright disruptive Yeah, like boys are in these settings. Well, and we talk about girls with masking, and Mia has certainly did that for so long. I mean, she had so much burnout for so long going to school and you know, acting a certain way. But I have to be honest, Ian is masking now too. He is walking into school and the way he comes home at the end of the day. What do you mean by masking? We're not talking about wearing masks. No. Right. Like like we're in COVID territory here. Right, right, right. True. Good point. Good point. Masking is when you, you put on a certain persona and you act a certain way in order to try to just fit in. Mm -hmm. And it's fucking exhausting. It's, you know, it's a constant thinking about your behaviors and your actions before you do them. And especially for someone like Ian, who is an impulsive person, you know, it it takes that much extra effort. But Ian right now is going into school every single day feeling like he can't be himself. Mm -hmm. Um, And of course, there are things he needs to work on. And there are things that, you know, he is so amazing about working on i mean he is we'll get into this later but oh my god the way he's actively doing everything is like (laughs) it's starting (laughs) the tears are coming yeah the tears are about to come no it is incredible um and i feel bad you know look i have a lot of guilt because uh it took a long time with mia and i didn't see it and you know and now um it's taken a long time with ian and i didn't see it because i i didn't know what to look for and I think that uh, I think a lot of parents out there can relate, mm-hmm. but it's it's really hard to think. Uh, it's you know, it, it, look, it's all heartbreaking, and it's heartbreaking when you know you have a kid who uh, is constantly, and so many kids do it. I'm not just saying, you know, Ian or Mia uh, having to be so incredibly intentional about every single thing that comes out of their mouth and every move they make. Um, and they're still not accepted. So, you know, it's, it's hard. Well, except that's not true. I mean, Mia found her place. She found her. Well, we'll, we'll get to this too about what, you know, how we've handled our kids yeah. with these issues, Yeah, but she's found her place. And in the last year has done tremendous, mm-hmm. you know, found her people, found her place, yep. found her, you know, being accepted for who she is and all the things. I say to so many parents who reach out to me and even parents I know who are struggling, you know, who we talk, I say, if you want hope, you look at Mia. You I know? know, but but it's easy to say, hard oh, to do. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, that it's easier to say, 100%. I mean, yes. for, for a lot of reasons. Okay. So, 
But I do think that there's all, you know, there is always hope. There's, there's, there's so much hope, which, you know, we'll talk about. Okay. Um, well, I, I, by the way, I, I was going through that checklist of like, what are the symptoms of ADHD? I had it broken down into two categories. You said the, you know, you had three, but whatever. The inattentiveness, difficulty concentrating and focusing. The other one was hyperactivity and impulsiveness. And I was going through this list and just going like, check, check. Like I remember all these things, you know, from when I was a kid, having a short attention span and behaving, you know, being easily distracted, making careless mistakes and, you know, all, all the things I was all the things. And like looking back, there was no ADHD when we were kids, right? It started off as ADD, right? But even there was no ADD when we, when I was in, elementary school or was there i don't even know i'm not sure because i was so far removed from it all i mean this is the 80s i don't know how i don't know when i should have looked this up i didn't i don't know when we'll we'll ask the expert when they come on yeah absolutely um but but it feels like to me when we were kids add wasn't a thing adhd wasn't a thing we were just you know inattentive talkative impulsive just bad kids like we were just the bad kids, like, you know, talk to the parents. What's wrong right, with your Right, but again, kid? are like, we the bad kids or is the sim- system correct? not, not designed Especially back to... then. You'd think now more than ever, this whole system needs to change. But this whole thing, like, it completely affected my, my scholastic career, at, you know, in every single way possible. Like, I was, I was always getting into trouble. Always. I mean, looking back, I can understand why. Like if I was the teacher and had no knowledge of ADHD and not understanding there's maybe an issue here, he's just a problem child and causing disruption, disruptions in class and the whole, like, I get it. Like I understand for the teachers back then why I was always getting in trouble. Um, but, you know, like I look back, I never handed in homework. I did it when I was home, but I never brought it in. Mm-hmm. You know, I would do it, but forget to bring it in. I could, I can, ne- like, I failed English all the time because I could never read. I could read. <laughs> I couldn't sit there and open a book and read easily. Like, I'd open the book, start reading, and all of a sudden realize mid sentence, I'm thinking about dinner tonight or what I'm doing after school with my friends, or and I have to go back and start over again. Halfway through, same thing happens. I'm thinking about, like, I can't maintain focus on when I'm reading. That's why I'm not a reader. I can't do it. Even to today, I want to be, I want to read, like, I love the idea of being able to read a book front to close, like the whole thing. I can't do it. It'll take me forever because I have to stop myself mid-sentence a thousand times and be like, fuck, I'm not thinking about the story. I'm thinking about what we're doing tonight mm-hmm. or I'm thinking about what I have to do at work or I'm thinking about like what I have to do with school or I think my attention span just can't handle being focused on in a book. Mm-hmm. And it's really fucking annoying by the way. Like once I realized it later in life, I would love to sit and read a book and I just, I, I can't, mm-hmm. I, I just can't concentrate hard enough to be able to or not. Who knows? Um, but the weird thing is, and I think this is an ADHD thing is what I was interested in, the classes that I enjoyed, I was fucking like top of the class. Hyper I excelled yep. 
And again, I got bad grades because I didn't turn on my homework and I was bad at tests and I was bad at, you know, doing all those things. But sitting in class, my hand was raised. I can, you know, I was, yeah, I was at attention. I can answer the questions. I could do all the things. But when it came down to the scholastic part of things about taking the test and doing homework and being, you know, the good student or, you know, whatever, I was never, that wasn't me. I couldn't do it. Yeah, Mia says that to me all the time about her work. I mean, there was a period where, you know, literally like clockwork once a week, we would fight about yeah. her not getting her work done and everything. And look, it, it's frustrating. All of these things are frustrating. It is hard to be the recipient of, you know, the the other side of, of ADHD. Just as when I was going through OCD, you know, for you it was painful and, and hard and all of these things, it's hard to be the person and just like accept it. And especially to accept it when you know the world isn't accepting it. Mm -hmm. So if you let them get off like, okay, yeah, you didn't hand in your homework, but you know, but I understand because you have these difficulties. The world doesn't fucking understand. The world does not care. And that is really, really hard. So, you know, so there's this balance of, okay, well, I want to, let them know I understand and it's okay, but I also need to prepare them for the world. Yeah, but you know what's great about now, and at least there's an understanding about it out there, at least for us, is that the kids understand what they're going through and what they have and what they have to work on. I didn't have that. Uh, my parents tried, there, but there was the resources that are available today weren't available then, so I'm not coming down on my parents in any way whatsoever. They tried everything. Yep. They did all the stuff where you were having fights with Mia, where she's saying, well, I can't do these things and I'm trying and I'm, you know, I, I understand I have a thing. And I'm like, I didn't have that. It was just progressing along thinking I was a bad kid. Right. There was no understanding of what I had or what the issue was. I never said to my parents, I'm really trying hard, but I have this thing that's holding me back. And like, that didn't happen. There was none of that. It was just like, all right, I'm just going to chug along knowing that I can do what I can do and I can't what I can't, mm -hmm. you know, which frustrated the fuck out of my parents, but it didn't affect me because I just kept chugging along. But do you think, <clears throat> excuse me, do you think there was part of you that was like, all right, I'm already a bad kid, so fuck it. Let's just go for it. I, I, I mean, that explains the band, that explains the drugs, that explains the smoking, that explains the, you know, like, mm -hmm. yeah, sure. Like I just like I school's not for me. Let me find my other alternate route, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I know. It is really hard that there's this one system for all kinds of kids. And obviously there are other schools and other resources out there, but you know, it's it, it, a lot of kids are supposed to fit into this system that is just not made well, for them. We have no choice, you know, K through twelve, right? We're all just stuck into this like meat grinder of a system this like you know uh what's that? assembly line sure whatever you know i said meat grinder that made no sense <laughs> <laughs> i'm thinking of like you know the cows that are in the factories and like we're all just like on this assembly line yeah. just like going towards our you know whatever i don't Her even know herded what I'm saying. like cattle herded like cattle that's where I, all that just led to this right but i think we're not there yet, but like we have vocational schools, which I don't think are taken advantage of as much as they need to be, right? Like we're all, we're still all expected 
you go to you know you go to high school, you go to college, you go to but some people it's just not meant for them. There's these other opportunities available to them that are just not so out in the open yet. I just think it needs to become more respected and more prominent out there that listen, people know who they kind of want to be when they're in high school. So go towards that and take classes just for that at this vocational school. Like we don't all need to fit into the same mm-hmm. help me here. System. <laughs> sure. Whatever. <laughs> I'm just saying there are options. We just need to be more aware and um okay with these options. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. And we did say that to Mia. We said to her, you know, look, if you want to do a gap year, if there's something else you want to do, you know, we, we can sit down and talk about it. I, you know, there has to be a plan, but that we did give her that option. I was praying she was going to say, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> and I, uh, yeah. Well, that just, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, and she didn't, she said, I want to go to college and right. everything, but I want to talk about some of the other Wait, let's take another break. Or, I don't know if we took a break yet. I think I we think did. You said you were going to put one yeah, in Yeah, I'm sticking it point. in somewhere. You're but sticking we're it gonna... in somewhere, baby. <laughs> <laughs> meat That's pa- all meat I grinder. know how to do. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. I, we'll, we'll take either the first or second or third break right here. We'll be right back. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com I want to move a little bit away from the traits of ADHD and everything. As I said, we are going to have experts on. And I, there are two of these experts that I cannot believe agreed to come on our little indie podcast, but I'm super excited about it. Um, But I want to talk a little bit about what can we all do and and how can we help and how can we be more accommodating ourselves? Um, And this is something obviously that having now two kids who have, had to readjust and, and, you know, find their place as people who are sort of not mainstream. Um, something I've given a lot of thought to. And also mm-hmm. just, I think, in raising my own kids to be the people who will support others uh, and to be a mom who will, you know, support others and everything. I, I think that there are certain things and, and they might seem trivial and they might seem small, but I think that they can do a, a lot of good. Um, Wait. What? What are you about to talk about? What? What? What was it like? Is this a how question? we can help <clears throat> other how parents people, who don't yeah, have kids or just no, 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 all all of us not, right? don't have kids, but don't have kids yeah, with yeah, yeah. issues okay. or well, first of these all, issues again, Glennon Doyle, and I know I reference her a lot. She's got a lot of zingers. Okay, she's got a lot of good things that like you know just these one one liners and everything. And I know a lot of people love Glennon Doyle. I know there are some people who don't love her so much, and but she she has these sort of compact statements that hit hard okay. and, and one of them is that there's no such thing as other people's kids right like that to some degree obviously we're all exhausted from dealing with whatever our own kids are going through and I know that I, I you know we feel that um, we have felt that tremendously recently that 
you know, there are days where I literally can't do anything else. I'm so exhausted by trying to proactively be there for our kids. And, and, but at the same time, in that, I think that there is a lesson to be learned in the fact that, like, we need to all fucking be in this together. And, and that means more than just having a, a, practice kindness profile picture or a, you know, telling people like, be kind or it needs to be an actual thing that we're doing, right? It's an act. It is something that we need to do from the times our kids are a young age. And and I do think as much as we talk about our kids having all these issues and everything, I think we have raised very empathetic kids who are going to step in and help when help is needed. Mm. And I think some of that has to do with the experience of knowing what it feels like on the other side of that. And I think part of that has to do with the fact that we have just always sort of actively taught our kids to defend others, you know, whether it be with attending, you know, marches and rallies and writing letters and all of the things that they do on a larger sense. I think they then understand on a, on a more specific scale um, and, and they've actually done it. I have actual, you know, anecdotes that I could tell about our kids stepping in for others. But, <laughs> okay. Nothing, yeah. Yeah, but. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to take a shot. <laughs> <coughs> but, um, you know, I, I do think that one of the things that we all do, and I think I probably did it too before I, you know, was hit hard from all directions with many of these, you know, many of these quote unquote conditions or disorders or, uh, you know, there, there's no right word for it. But when we say, oh, we're, something that was said to Ian has said, been said to him more than once because he is so open about his ADHD and he so wants people to understand. And, and he is the type of kid who says to people, look, I know I can do things that are annoying. Please tell me, please, you know, and of course then that, you know, some kids help, some kids don't. But one thing that's been said to him time and time again is, oh, come on, that's an excuse. We're all a little ADHD. We all have ADHD. And, I, and that comes from the fact that, sure, do we all have traits of all of these things? Yes. We all have traits of OCD. We all have traits of ADHD. Mm-hmm. We all have traits of anxiety. We, we're but, all on the spectrum. Whatever it is, we're all there. The difference is, is that, Many lives are not debilitated by it, are not directly and so deeply impacted by it. I mean, for someone to say, I have, you know, I'm a little OCD and that means that their house has to always be clean and things have to be in place and, you know, and it's a problem because they're taking extra time or whatever. As someone who was a prisoner in my bedroom for six months when I was pregnant and couldn't keep any food down and couldn't interact with the world, as an adult, fine. Does it really bother me that people say that? No. But what it bothers me about it is that there are kids out there and everything who's, who are hearing their parents say that and then reiterating it to kids who really suffer. Same with ADHD. Are we all a little ADHD? Look, if you want to break down the traits and be like, yes, I sometimes have trouble focusing. I procrastinate. I this, that. Yes, the traits might be there. But to say that, you know, I am so ADHD, it trivializes it. It makes it really hard for people who are 
actively struggling, actively working on it to be able to really get across the fact that, look, this is something I really struggle with. I'm really working on. And, and it is different than the way 90% of society deals with it. Mm-hmm. A- and so, you know, I need you to take it seriously. I need you to understand, you know, with Ian, all he fucking wants is for people to understand that he has an issue that he is actively working on. He's not mean. He's not, you know, a bully. He's not, he doesn't have any of these things. And yet in order to fit into society, he is working so hard. And not, but not only that, I don't know if this has anything to do with ADHD, but the way our kids are, which is partially, you know, how we've raised them. And I think that they just happen to be, they're sympathetic towards whatever the other kids issues are too. I don't know if that's just a characteristic or a part of ADHD or autism, whatever. I, I have no idea. But if, if they know any other kids have any other situations or any, if they have OCD, if they have anxiety, if they have mm-hmm. <clears throat> anything, they're there for them sympathetically. Like how is, you know, how is it for you? How can I help you? Or mm-hmm. what's, what's the situation? Like they're there to talk about it and be there for them. And he just, for whatever reason, or it, he just doesn't get that in response. Yeah. It's, it's just overwhelming. It's just beyond to me how it's just looked upon like, oh, you're annoying. You're fucking annoying. And, you know, that's all that we know of you. Mm-hmm. Instead of the, oh, you're a really nice fucking kid. <laughs> yeah. You make me feel good about myself. Mm-hmm. Even though I'm giving you shit, you're still trying to make this work. Mm-hmm. You know, like he see like, I don't know. I just don't. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think, um, you know, I, I would say to other parents or to, you know, to anybody, look, first of all, if, if you have, you know, people in your life who you need to reach out for help and just, you know, I think if somebody has a friend who is, you know, suffering from ADHD or they have a kid or a spouse or whomever, like, just like anything else, I I fully believe in educating ourselves about it. You know, I think if you have a friend who's suffering from addiction, we should be educating ourselves about it. If you have a friend who's suffering from postpartum depression, educate yourself about it. Like, just anything. And especially with our kids. You know, one thing that Mia's school, and they do so many phenomenal things, and I realize it is a privilege for her (coughs) to be there. But, you know, one of the things that they do is they have so many kids who come into the school who are struggling that they send something out to all the families. You know, this kid is coming in. They're, they're joining our school family. Here's what we want you to know about. Here's, here's, we're educating you about this. And, and what we want you to do is we want you to educate your kid about this so that when the child comes into school and, and acts this way, you'll, they'll know why. They'll understand. Mm-hmm. And, and, and Mia has done that, you right. know. And like, like you said... I think it's a little bit tough to get through to kids today. And I, I blame social media. And here's why. You know, they're all on social media 24-7. And what's on social media? Everybody has to portray themselves as perfect or beautiful or better or whatever. 
Well, again, we t- we did our technology episode, and I'm going to go back at, I think there's one for one. I think, you know, for every bad, there's a good. For every good, there's a bad. Yes, social media can be very hard. It also, there's also a part of TikTok, which, look, people will say girl, more girls are getting diagnosed because they're watching TikTok, and now they want to get diagnosed and blah, blah, blah. But yeah, it's an educational tool, right? If, if people, if you're... If you're on TikTok and you, there are amazing accounts to follow for ADHD. There are amazing accounts to follow for autism. Like, you know, sometimes I'll look through, Mia deleted all social media. She's not on social media at all. She felt like it was really bad. And she just, well, I think there's a balance. And that's what she and I have been having discussions about because she is looking at colleges. She is trying to figure out, you know, where she wants to go and everything. And look, there's a balance, I think. I, I, I love social media. I am a huge presence on social media. And and I do that because I do think that there is a huge benefit to it if used correctly. But obviously, we need to teach people how to use it correctly, right? We need to, right. you know, we need to... One thing that I think a lot of people will say is you should always be keeping up to date with your social media, right? If, if someone's posting something that makes you uncomfortable or someone's posting something that makes you feel like shit, fucking unfollow them. Like there are things to do. Snapchat, as I said in technology, I will go at it again. I think Snapchat is the fucking worst. I hate it, but it's there. And and in some places, you know, I don't know about other people's communities and ours. If you're not on Snapchat, you're not in the social right. community as a kid. But again, it does not do good things for kids who feel excluded and it's hard. Um, and I think that what we need to do is we need to f- be constantly like actively talking to our kids about this stuff. You know, again, like I said before, if there's a kid who, you know, is struggling, I'm not just talking about ADHD, whatever it is, read an article with them, buy a book about it, talk to them you know, ask the parent how you can help. Like, I think we need to all be in this together. And I I would have said this five years ago. I'm not just saying this now. I understand it all on a deeper level now. Mm -hmm. But I think that the reason why I started the blog that I started with a friend, you know, I don't know, eight years ago now was because I wanted it to feel like we're in this together. And and I, this every man for himself or herself thing, I, I think we're going nowhere with that. Um, but, you know, I, I know it's hard. I know as parents we're, we're overwhelmed. But there are little things that we can do. Um, and I wanted to, to – Edward Hall, Hallowell is a very, very famous voice in ADHD. You know, he's been around for a while. He's written a lot of books. He's done a lot of talks and everything. And there are a few things that he says which I, I think are important. Um, And he says, we, the U.S., diagnose ADHD far more than any other country. Most countries still don't, quote unquote, believe in it Mm -hmm. as if it were a religious principle. Not believing that ADHD is real is like believing the world is flat. Science has proven the condition to be real. It is real as someone who, you know, has seen it firsthand and as someone who was skeptical at some point. Right. (laughs) <laughs> you know it's not flat no come on <laughs> i i think that you know we need to understand that it, it is not something that is just like oh i forgot my homework oh i'm using it as an excuse oh i need i, I just want to get extra time on my sats mm-hmm. all this stuff I, I think we need to reevaluate 
Right. All and that. that will be done, by the way, just like you said before, where I'm o- I'm so OCD because I have to clean my house, you yeah. know, where kids are going to say, I yeah, Let's ADHD. just stop with all of that. You like, know? you know, you know if it's real or if it's not. Yeah. Like, you know, we know. Yeah. <laughs> Edward Hallowell says, you know, he t- he's, he tells kids, you have, uh, with ADHD, you have a Ferrari engine for a brain, but you have b- bicycle brakes. But don't worry, I'm a brake specialist. If we work together and strengthen your brakes, you can win races and become a champion. Who's this? Ed- Edward Hallowell. I know, can, how do we get him to work I with our him? kid? No, fuck that, me. <laughs> <laughs> but... But there are, you know, there's so many resources out there and um, it is hard to get uh, appointments. I I know that, you know, it really, really is, especially if you want to use insurance and everything. But, you know, uh, that's why I also say we need to be in this together, right? When, When Mia was going through her autism stuff, I reached out to women who I really respected, moms who I really respected and was like, who did you use? How did you get this? Can you put a good word in for me here? Like use your network and, and and in return when other people reach out to you be open to it um also uh edward hallowell says the other side of adhd which i want to get into there are so many positive attributes that can appear with adhd Before I name those, though, let's be clear on one point. ADHD can cripple a person. ADHD can be a severe disability or disorder if not identified and managed properly. The prisons, the halls of the unemployed, addicted, depressed, and marginalized are full of people with undiagnosed, untreated ADHD. It can ruin your life. Mm -hmm. And I I see that. I mean, you said to me a few weeks ago, I said, is Ian going to be okay? And you said to me, He's going to be okay because he has us. If he didn't have us, I don't know if he'd be okay. And that like was like, you know, all at once like, a, oh my God, you know, the feeling of being in it with you has been like so incredible and everything, but also the feeling of has a lot of pressure, <laughs> you know? Well, listen. Oh, are you about to cry? No. Yes, you, you are. You're about to cry. cry. I, don't, I don't cry. Oh, I'd be so happy <laughs> if you cry this episode. Wait, but can I just finish yeah, that? Yeah, I'm sorry. One more thing. But people with ADHD often possess tremendous positive qualities, creativity, originality, the ability to think outside the box, to go where no man or woman has gone before, entrepreneurialism. Mm -hmm. uh, Most entrepreneurs have ADHD. Inventiveness. Edison was classic ADHD. Fertile imagination and the capacity to dream big, poetic qualities, an unusual ability to make metaphors and analogies, uncanny intuition, stick-to-itiveness, and I fucking swear our kids have that, to the point of being stubborn, big-heartedness, and generosity, that too, high energy, sparkle, and charisma, as well as the unusual warmth of spirit. God, I, I, mm-hmm. I think that, that he could not have said it better. We are some fucking awesome people, by the way. Mm-hmm. And now, one, one small, tiny little bitty way that it does benefit is for example to today you know at my store our manager constantly says to me i'm fucking exhausted watching you work like i want to take a nap because i'm watching you what me 
like what I do at the store. Yeah. Like I'm nonstop. I don't, I, I'm on from one task to the next. I'm constantly changing things and moving things and I don't stop all day. And then you come calm and collapse. <laughs> I collapse when I get home. Uh-huh. But I'm literally, like, I, I look at my watch. I walk 16,000 steps a day. I walk eight miles a day, like all just in the confines of 13,000 square feet in the store. Right. So like I am nonstop and it works for me. Like I found what works for me where my energy needs to be released and I'm productive in what I do. Right. And it exhausts people around me who don't understand what I'm going through, you know? So a small, tiny little beneficial thing of what it's doing for me, you know, it works. And I look at Ian and I see when I said to you, you know, I think he's going to be okay because he has us because we can lead him towards what is going to work for him. You know, I like, I can look at him and say, I know it's not going to work for you. I know what is going to work for you. Let's, let's work towards these things like forcing him to sign up for the band again, right? That works for him. That could do something for him one day or following his passions and whatever they may be going forward. Right? So we can guide him and lead him to the things that we know will work for him. Right? Yeah. I I think that, you know, there anybody listening to this podcast, whether you have ADHD kids or not, you know, there's a reason why you listen to podcasts. There's a reason why you read the books. There's a reason why you talk to people. It's because you're in it, you know, and, 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 and whether you're feeling guilt like I do, um, and and you're feeling lost like I often do and everything you have to know just by doing those things, you are an advocate for your own kid, for somebody else's kid, however you use it for your friend, for your husband, for your wife, or however you use it, you know, there's a reason why you're doing this. And that right there, uh, you have to give yourself a fucking pat on the back because you're, you're doing it because you're in it. If anybody else who's going through this with their kids, same situation, listen, everything that we've been talking about, we are extremely lucky. We have the means one way or another to be able to send Mia to that school. If Ian needs to go to a school, we'll get him there somehow or another. I know that's not the norm. I know that most people can't do that. I just want you to know there's other things that we do um, that anybody out there can do. And it's, it's all about the conversations, right? We are literally having nightly talks with Ian and Mia about the things that are doing, which are not okay, causing hardships in their lives, things that they need to work on, things that go to school tomorrow and not do this or do this, right? Um, Every single day we're talking to them about offering solutions and the steps that they need to take and to work on with all of these things, like we're, we're doing this on a daily basis every day because it's just so prominent right now in our lives. This is an everyday thing for us. This is not about therapists and doctors and schools. And it's about you and I connecting and working together and talking to our kids and noticing things and talking to them about it. And Hey, listen, instead of doing this, try this or don't do that. Just don't, don't do that thing. There's nothing else you should be doing. Just don't do that thing, right? It's going to annoy people or it's going to, it's not going to work for you for this reason. There are so many things that are available to do with your kids that I get it. This, if, if, if you don't have the means for the schools or whatever, 
there are other options out there just to make sure that you're in it with them to let them know what's happening and what's going on. And, and on the other side of that, first of all, I am very big on therapists and everything. So while you said, I do believe parents are our biggest advocate, 100%. I, I agree too. Right. I'm just saying if it's not an option. Well, I want to add to that, you know, look, you can't talk about ADHD or any of this stuff without talking about medication. And, and it's a very sensitive topic for so many people. And I know that there are many different uh, beliefs about it. And I, you know, and I... Re- respect that everybody has different experiences with medication beliefs about it whatever it is Uh, I'm going to talk about it from the fact that you know I've always been extremely open um that I've been on medication since I was 17 the time that I went off of it off of it was when I went into my spiral and had my horrible OCD you know breakdown medication is look uh I will 100% say medication saved my life. Saved my life. It saved our child's life when I was pregnant with her. You know, I need to put a trigger warning on this, but I know that that's true, 100%. Again, I'm not telling anybody what to do, but I I don't have a a degree. I'm not a professional, you know, but... We are not experts. (laughs) No. (laughs) Our tagline. But I do believe in quality of life, and I do believe that medication does not show weakness. In fact, I think oftentimes it shows the opposite. I don't think it's a crutch. Um, and, and I have seen firsthand in many, many situations that medication can work. It doesn't always. I, I know people who have very adverse effects to medication and can't be on it. And, you know, I, 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 be, I believe that, that that's probably true for some people. But I think that it's trial and error with ADHD and and we've experienced it firsthand with Ian. We have had so much trial and error. It's taken time. It's taken energy. There are side effects. He gets exhausted and everything. Mm -hmm. But once you find the right medication and we're not quite there yet, but we are working on it. I do know that people describe it as magic, like as just, and it's not magic, it's science, but you know, that, that, the way it works it's all worth it and I just want people to not feel like it's a weakness that's my one thing that that I want people to understand that you know just as anything else it it's it's available it's there in some ways it's a miracle and and I'm (laughs) I I love me some medication (laughs) okay but again everybody to each their own yes so um and and I wanted to say one more thing. I know we're way over. Did you have anything else you want to say? Cause I no, no, no. I you think sure? I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, no, I think okay. I'm good. All right. I had, I, I, I want to say this. One, th- one thing about our kids. No, no, no. I think it's really good, good and very important. One thing about our kids is that they have had to overcome a lot of hurdles and obstacles. And again, I think some of that is just us not ignoring those hurdles and obstacles, right? Or, mm-hmm maybe for a little while we didn't realize it and they aren't quote-unquote mainstream kids but I do think there's something to be said for the fact that from a young age they've had to learn to be so self-aware on a level that some kids who kind of coast by easily I'm not saying this about all kids who coast by easily and everything never really have to be that self-aware right they never really have to work on themselves in the same way and, and, you know, look, there or so they think, 
Well, there are plenty of people who I look at their kids and I'm sort of like, God, they just, they just seem to have it so easy, mm-hmm. you know, like, and I know that's not true. Well, I you know, don't know what's going on behind a hundred percent. Absolutely. Yeah. But look, our kids are very open about it. We're very open about it. Nobody can deny right. the fact that, you know, we have, we have had some shit. Um, but I also think that our kids are so intentional now about their place in the world. Like Ian has had such a rough fucking year. He's been bullied. He's been excluded all because kids don't really understand the ADHD. Not once has he ever said a bad thing about anybody or like sacrificed who he is to his core. You know, I don't think anybody would say he was mean. Um, And I think (laughs) that that's because I think that's because they are so in tune with their emotions and have developed like the sense of empathy, you know, that just sort of comes with the struggle. And, And I think that that's something that's, invaluable and I think they'll have it you know he's going to have it as a husband to whatever partner he picks I think he's going to have it as a a parent if he decides to be a parent one day you know I I think if he's ever a boss he's going to have that or a CEO or whatever he chooses to do in life um and and I think that there is something that our kids are are getting Mm -hmm. you know to parents whose kids are struggling I think like there's a whole other side to this working on yourself from a young age always seems so unfair sometimes I look at our kids and I'm like oh my god you know it's so unfair fucking kids yeah let them be fucking kids he comes home you know Ian comes home exhausted at the end of the day Mia always came home exhausted at the end of the day but but he's also becoming so emotionally intelligent. And when people tell him anno- he's annoying, he says, I'm really working on it. And he is. And how many people can even say they're working on themselves at like 30 or 40 years old? I think this is just going to be embedded into who they are as people. I think they're just always going to feel like they're a work in progress, mm-hmm. right? And, and they're going to feel like they're, they can be a work in progress because we accept them. They're best friends. Look, as much as he struggles socially, his friendships that he does have – are unreal. And I think that's because he's, you know, he, he offers something like really important. Um, and I think at 17, Mia already, she's applying to colleges. When, when she's applying to college, she knew exactly what she needs. She knew her needs. And lots of people look at lots of colleges and they have no idea what they're looking for. No idea what, and she kind of walked into one and was like, yeah, this is it. This, this is, is it. what I need. And here's the reasons why. Here's the this reasons is why. everything that works yes. for me, right? Everything I need. Yes. yes. She is so self-aware. And, and so, you know, I just want to say to parents, like, there is another side to it, right? There is, there are all these positive aspects of it. And while right now it may be so much harder, and it is so much harder, I think as lifelong people and as lifelong people in this world, they're, do, they're, they're going to be okay. Mm. Well, they're going to know themselves way younger in life than most people. You know, yeah. they're going to know who they are, what they need, what they want to do, what they want, you know, at least I'm hoping mm-hmm. that's the plan. That's the goal, mm-hmm. right? We're teaching them, I think, to be able to do those things. Yeah. So. Yeah. And, and you know, I just I just want people to understand that it's going to be okay. Yeah. And, and we're here. We're going to do more episodes on it. And um, <laughs> yeah, sorry for this serious episode. Wasn't it so serious? <laughs> yeah. I don't think anybody's going to laugh once. That might be the first time I ever. I can't. I can't laugh right now about this. It's so Laugh. I haven't laughed in a month. I know. We sit around <laughs> like literally all day. We're like, 
Are you all right? Yeah. Are you all right? What do you think? Are you okay? What do you think? How's your head? Where's your headspace? Uh, all I watch right now is cult documentaries because I'm like, at least I'm not in a cult. My God. At least I'm better. I'm trying to watch like comedies. No, and like, not possible right not, now. Not, not just because I can't even laugh at them, but just knowing people are laughing out there and I, even though I'm not, mm-hmm. <laughs> makes it a little bit more okay. Yeah. I just, I, yeah. I know. Yeah, it's been... It's been a, it's been a rough patch. But we're <laughs> in this, time. we're in this together. And you know, if you want anybody to understand what you're dealing with or what you're coming from, not it just about ADHD. I don't know. Have them listen to this episode. Send them an article if you think they'll be receptive to it. You know, uh, talk to them. Like I just the conversation needs to keep going, and um and you know I hope that this will help spark it a little bit, and. <laughs> Oh, and you were asking me about me with ADHD. Uh, fuck yeah, I fucking have ADHD. I'm sure of it. But I, I, honestly, for one thing is when you have ADHD, you put off making the fucking call to get evaluated for ADHD. That's number one. Number two, just like everything else in my life right now, all the doctor's appointments I need to make, all the work stuff I have to do, the days when people are like, you haven't been on Instagram in three days and whatever, like... I I am a shell of a human being right now. But yes, I 100% want to get evaluated for ADHD. I think it's long overdue. Um, <laughs> I just zoned out with whatever you were saying. Right, uh, but it's true. I do think uh, it is something that I, I absolutely, uh, it's on my list of all the things I need to do. Yes. So, <laughs> and, and learning about it has really helped. The researching has really helped, you know, not only for the kids, but for me and, and how I, perceive your actions and everything and uh yeah so so if you if you go learn about the stuff you're going to understand me better and appreciate everything that i've been going through for the last 20 uh, years yeah in some understand all the in some things that i've done yeah yeah yeah. but let's all you know one thing is let's all be in it fucking together let's 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 help each other and um one day maybe all right. <laughs> All right. I wish rate I had and a review. joke to uh, rate and end review, on. not on the comedy aspect of it, but <laughs> right. just rate and review. And um, we love you. Thank right. you for letting us do this. Thanks, guys. Love you.